If you believe, then just throw on a pair of your comfiest, coziest headphones and get ready to enjoy another episode of RSL Season Pass, brought to you by your fearless hosts, Alex, Ethan, and Cody, as they bring you up to speed on all the latest news and rumors about Real Salt Lake. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RSL Season Pass. I am Ethan Kershaw, and I am joined today by Alex Maurer and Cody Kershaw to bring you all things Real Salt Lake for the past two weeks, because we did not record last week. Last week was, I guess, Halloween, so maybe consider it a Halloween break. Um, Also had a sick kid, which is not fun, so excuses, excuses, but um, we're recording today, and so we're excited to bring you a new episode uh, on the episode today, we do not have a Monarchs Minute or Royal Roundup, but, but we do have, and we will always start off with, a pod trivia question as long as Alex is here, which he is. So we're going to start off with a pod trivia segment. Then we've got uh, one piece of club news, and then we're going to talk Houston, Houston, Houston. We've got to, uh, I guess we'll just kind of recap the, the first Houston game, um, a little more of a heavy review of the, the second Houston game that just happened last night. We're recording this episode on a Tuesday evening. And then finally, we'll go ahead and look forward to maybe a little bit of a spoiler, but the third game against Houston in Houston to finish everything out today. Before we do all of that, I'm going to go to Cody first. Cody, how are you doing tonight? I am doing swell today. Uh, it is the day after a pretty awesome result for RSL, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. But outside of that, as far as uh, things in my life go, it was a pretty smooth sailing day for me today, and it has been pretty solid last couple of days. We had some friends and family together over the weekend and got to spend some time with them, so that was a good time. Um, my dogs have been behaving pretty poorly recently. Uh, so they have felt my full wrath, uh, as of the last few days. But uh, what does your full wrath entail? My full wrath is, is usually just yelling at them, uh, because at the okay. end of the day, they are, they're, they're too sweet for me to stay mad at. So I just wanted to make sure I didn't have to call, uh, animal control. No, no. Yeah. Just, I, I have to get my anger out somehow, but I, like I said, I can't and stay so mad at So you do it on the dogs? Time, so I just want to make sure, I want to make this very clear for our listeners that your dogs are in safe hands, Cody. They are. They're just also very frustrating. <laughs> so, um, yeah, anyone who has pets who have a hard time being potty trained will understand. And I'm just going to leave it at that. It sounds like a good <laughs> prep for fatherhood, Cody. I'm sure imagine. it is. I'm sure uh, it is. Alex, how has the, the teaching life been treating you? Are you, uh, are you still busy as ever? I mean, it sounds apparently relatively similar to what it must be to own two dogs. Uh, I have to imagine the behavior <laughs> management is is the Venn diagram there is probably closer to a circle, uh, but it's been really good, honestly. So you know, I, I talk a lot of trash, but no, it's been it's been terrific. They've they've been great, and it is as busy as I've ever been, and will continue to be so until next year when all of my curriculum is already built. Uh, but right now, I feel like I am laying the train tracks uh, as the train is rushing down the track. I don't. I have no idea if that's an actual analogy or metaphor or not. But it, that, that's how it feels. Uh, so as long as I can stay at least a day ahead, we'll be good. But as soon as I start prepping sixth period during fifth period, then I'll know I'm in trouble. But until then, everything has been swell. Ethan, what say you? How has your week and a half been since I last saw you? Yeah. It's been going great. Um, repping my my Man City team, they performed very well today. Very great game. It was against young boys, so uh, I mean, not How much to come about there, but my U fourteens could take uh, Man City. No biggie. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> may, maybe they could take like two Man City players on a team alone, but um, but anyways, actually, they they probably still could. Uh, to be honest. Um, and then, you know, just enjoying some some uh, American football, some NFL. Uh, love me some Thursday night and Monday night football. Uh, I had a, I had a Monday match. night miracle in my I, fantasy match. Okay, tell me about it because I've got one to share as well. So what happened for you, Alex? Down 45 with Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, and Chargers defense going oh against day. Garrett Wilson. It was sensational. And, and I won. Chargers it was defense. awesome. 30 points. Yeah, it was sick. It was awesome. Um, wow. Okay. I had I had a similar miracle. Mine was actually a bit closer, probably, than yours. So I had Keenan Allen 
and I needed nine points in a half PPR league. And he, his second to last catch got me within 0.1 points. I was 0.1 down. And that last 23 yard catch that he had in the game, that was an amazing, the, like over the shoulder diving yep. sideline grab. Yeah. That, that was, was his incredible. last touch of the game and it put me over and I ended up winning my matchup. So I'm proud of you. Proud of you. I should have worn my Keenan Allen jersey for this episode. I slept in it last night because I was so happy that they came through for me. Bolt up, baby. Bolt up. I'm proud of you. I love Keenan Allen. He's one of my favorite uh, (laughs) NFL players. Um, But enough of that football. We know you're all here to hear about the other football. Before we jump into it, though, be sure to follow uh, RSL Season Pass. You can find us on Twitter at RSL Season Pass. And then... um, I know you're already listening to the episode right now, but go back and listen to the other ones. And if you ever want to know where to find us, it's at www.rslseasonpass.com. Also, be sure to leave, leave a pod trivia question in the pod trivia database to help Alex out. Also, thank you. Thank you very much to everybody who has left a rating or review for the podcast. Very, very much helps. The, uh, the podcast grow helps us. And uh, yeah, we appreciate your, your support of the podcast. Um, that being said, before we jump into everything today, um, this isn't on our, our show doc, but I did want to bring this up while we're, we're six minutes in and we, we still have everybody's attention because that might go out the door pretty quick as I, I feel like actually might happen sometime. Dark. Um, hopefully not. Um, before we do that though, we wanted to, to mention, um, LD, and I don't know if you guys know about this. We hadn't really talked about this before the episode, but um, LD of the Royal Riot, his wife Amy, was recently diagnosed with stage two, uh, stage two breast cancer, and so uh, very devastating news for for LD and uh, and his wife at this time. Um, there is a GoFundMe set up. Um, go ahead and head over to Royal Riot's page. Um, I believe that Hayden Nielsen is the one who's organizing that. Um, so you can go ahead and donate to the GoFundMe that they have set up over there. They have a goal. Obviously, chemotherapy and, and things like that are not cheap at all. And so if you feel so inclined, if you are able to head on over there, leave a donation. Any kind of support is definitely appreciated and uh, and prayers for their family as well. As it's very sad news and uh, the entire RSL community loves LD. So he's a great guy and uh, we're all cheering for him and his wife. So, yeah. And yeah, thank you, you for no, absolutely, Ethan. I think you, I think you nailed that. Uh, love the Royal Riot boys, all of them. Uh, yep. And so, yeah, just super sad news. Yeah, I, just to add my two cents, I think I think I speak for all of us in saying that we're sending our prayers and best wishes to them uh, in this time. And like Ethan said, if if you're able to donate anything, I'm, I'm sure anything will help uh, in this situation for them. So, our hearts go out to them. Absolutely. We love you, LD and Amy, and we are cheering for you guys to, uh, to get through this and to beat cancer. Um, all right, let's go ahead and jump into it now and, uh, and talk about some soccer. Um, as I mentioned, there is no Monarchs Minute on the episode. Um, there's no Royal Roundup. So Alex, you've got plenty of time to go ahead and hit us with a pod trivia question. So go ahead and let us know what you got cooked up. Uh, I just had an absolute tactical reload on my headset as the yes, battery went out. But I heard pod trivia and Alex, so I have to imagine this is my time yes. to shine. I said and I actually time because we don't have any other like royal like a monarch minute. And Maybe I'll read it on 0.5 speed. But I actually met a pod tri- uh, trivia contributor this weekend who mentioned that he had sent in a question. He left it anonymous, so I'll keep it uh, anonymous. But if you know who you are. Uh, or rather, you know who you are. So thank you for sending in those questions. And this one similarly comes from an anonymous source, but the question is this, you two. Pablo Ruiz and Brian Vera have both been nominated for Goal of the Year. How many times has an RSL player won this award previously? Zero, once, twice, or thrice? Those are your four options, you two. How many times has an RSL player won goal of the year while, of course, actively playing for Real Salt Lake? Ethan, you have a smirk that says you know the answer. I know it's not zero. Um, okay. I. The only problem is I don't know if historically there has been another one. I don't before know before Ethan guesses says I'm going to guess one because Ethan sounds like he has a little bit more info yeah, than I do. But dang. yeah, I kind of wanted to go one as well. Um, you know, I don't really care who gets this right as long as we beat Alex. So 
Um, <laughs> I didn't know I was involved. Well, yeah, you always are involved. We're always As the taskmaster. Um, so hopefully we can get one right. One of us can look okay. Um, you guessed one. I was going to go with one. Let's go ahead and go with two. Ding, 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 Ethan Kershaw. It is indeed two. The one being, you seem to know it, Ethan. What happened uh, two years ago in 2021? Is that the Rubio Rubin bicycle kick? It certainly was against the San Jose Earthquakes. But many years before that, in 2008, Canadian Will Johnson scored MLS goal of the year for Real Salt Lake against FC Dallas at wow. Rio Tinto Stadium. It was, uh, as it is always so aptly put, a laser beam. It was awesome. Go back and watch it if you haven't seen it in a decade. But yes. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go, you no, go. I was just going to say thank you to whoever sent that in. Again, anonymous source, but I appreciate it very much. That was a great question. I believe at the end of this year, the answer to that question will change. <laughs> it very well could be three. It's I think both answer. of them stand a legitimate chance. Yeah, I think I think it's got to be Pablo Ruiz's goal. That was um, fingers that was crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah, hopefully. Um, thank you. Thank you very much for whoever submitted that question. Alex, thank you for presenting that question in a way that uh, that I was able to beat you. So. <laughs> Uh, um, all right, let's go ahead and move on. We've just got one piece of club news. As I mentioned, Brian Oviedo, this just came out today. I just saw this on Twitter, at least today. Uh, but it was announced today that Brian Oviedo, uh, technically unofficial, club hasn't announced it yet, but it seems to be official um, that Brian Oviedo has re-signed with RSL for an, yet another year. Brian Oviedo, um, currently 33 years old, so he'll be 34 next year, a little bit older but I think he's more than deserved it, especially at the end of this year. I think he's played very well to solidify his spot at left back next year, one year older. I don't know if he necessarily starts. Maybe RSL looks to bring in somebody else to, to compete for that spot. But um, I like the signing. I think that Oviedo's performed well and it's just another year. So no risk really. Maybe he's a depth piece at worst at best. He's a starter and continues to play as he has been. So I want to get your guys' thoughts. Do you guys think this is a good resigning for RSL? Uh, do you guys know how old Oviedo is? I just said Please tell 33. me. He is 33. Yep. Do you guys know how old Demir Krylock is? 34. I know that one. So I think where I stand with this is that, yes, it is a good signing. But I don't think he's, uh, I don't think he should be our starter for the future. I think he's been okay. To me, but uh, I would like to see someone else step up into that position and have a higher ceiling than I think Oviedo has. I but just, I don't mind it. I just want to remind you real quick before Alex puts in his two cents. Uh, Demir Krylik and Brian Oviedo have very different body builds, so I'll just leave it there. <laughs> they do, but they are very similar in age. I don't hate the booth. I think he's sitting on three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, three seventy-five for guaranteed compensation for twenty twenty-three, which is not a horrible number, especially for a depth piece. And in a re-signing, you have to imagine that number comes down just a little bit. So I'm not upset about it because, as Ethan says, he can be really strong depth. But I do see him as that, and I do see him as depth. The one thing I would say is that I hope this doesn't keep uh, certain monarchs away from the first team, but I have to imagine it does. Uh, and not that these guys are available anymore, but players like Aziz Kayondo in the past or Golden the Big Machine Mafuenta were kept on the Monarchs because of signings like this, because there was just always a seemingly uh, large logjam uh, for some of those defensive positions on the first team because of elder statesmen like Brian Oviedo. Again, Kayondo and Machine are far and away uh, no longer with the Monarchs roster. So I'm not saying those two specifically, but I do think of a guy like Haziel Orozco who could get some time at wingback uh, to get kind of eased into the MLS game a la Justin Glad of 10 years ago, but I'm not too worried about it. I think this is a good signing overall. I think Brian Oviedo seems to be a really strong presence in the locker room and for his money, it's really not that not that big of a deal. I think it's pretty much negligible. It's not nothing. Like $300,000 against the cap is something, but I'm not too worried about it. I think he's, I think he's shown enough to be a depth piece. You're talking about people or like kids playing up from the Monarchs onto the first team in that transition. I thought you were going to say Luis Rivera's name. Luis Rivera was the one name. I mean, he's on a contract, mm-hmm. so like he's on a first team contract. That's not possible. I don't want to play a 12 year old at left back who's terrible. So hey, he's grown up, man. He's on he's on a first team contract. So mm-hmm. he would have been the one that I would have gone to, but I wanted to uh, get a Golden the Big Machine Mafuenta shout in there for anyone that had the over under at zero for uh, this episode. 
It's been a year or two since I've watched him play, but uh, last time I watched him play, he was terrible. So uh, the big machine, he was awesome, no, 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 dude. No, no, no. Luis Rivera. Oh yeah, you watched him when he was a literal fourteen-year-old. I was at that game with you. Give him a break, <laughs> well, man. He's been good this year. He was good. He's fifteen now, so I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I don't, still don't trust him. The kids are hey, all right. We've got to talk about <laughs> the Houston games the last two um, because we we failed to uh, review the game from was it two weeks ago. Goodness, what day was that? Was that Wednesday? I can't even I remember. I thought it was this week Saturday? Sunday? Sunday. Sunday. It was a Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Not this last Sunday, uh, two days ago, but the Sunday before that. Um, yeah, RSL played against Houston this game. Remember, was in Houston the first game of a potential three-game series. Best of three with the new format. Um, and things did not start off quite well for RSL. They had some opportunities throughout this game. But so did Houston. One of those was where Adalberto Carrasquilla gets the ball headed back to the top of the box where Hector Herrera is right there. Takes his sweet time. RSL does nothing to close it out. He has a shot on goal and the ball goes past McMath. Houston is up 1-0. to zero. Um, A little bit later, after halftime, Diego Luna keeps RSL into this game. It is a beautiful pass to the outside where Anderson Julio is running, tearing down the field really. And I love the patience from Anderson Julio, the sight and the vision to be able to pick out Diego Luna on the opposite side of the field, gets the ball to him. Luna takes the ball down, is patient with it, also love that, and then fires a shot past Steve Clark, the goalkeeper, to, to level this game at 1-1. Um, and RSL had life, had, uh, had the opportunity to potentially win this game. Unfortunately, in the 79th minute, the ball is shot. Zach McMath saves it, parries it just out in front of him right to Amin Bossy, who just absolutely roofs a shot. And uh, Houston goes up 2-1. And that's how, unfortunately, this game would end. For me, this was... I, I, RSL was more in this Houston game than any of the other Houston games that they had played prior. It was very encouraging to see signs of life from this team and to say, hey, we actually had a shot in this game and uh, something to be proud of headed back home for, for the second game. Um, the stats, though, very in favor of Houston, 14 shots with five on goal, as opposed to only five shots with two meager two shots on goal for RSL in this one. Um, so very unfortunate for RSL to get the loss. Uh, again, 2-1 and the, the game-winning goal in the 79th minute. So RSL was in this game, just not able to get enough shots on goal and, and get past the line. Um, do you guys want to share any of your thoughts on this before we move on to the, the Houston game from last night? I think you pretty well covered it for the most part. I remember going into this game, you two both thought Houston was going to beat the brakes off of us, and I just wasn't worried about them. And I felt like the truth was really somewhere in the middle. I think they did definitely outplay us, but I don't think we were out of the game by any major stretch. I think the scoreline pretty accurately reflects that. And obviously coming back home, we played much better, much, much better. And so I think there are a lot of things to be happy about based on that first game, but I don't think there's too many takeaways that I feel are pertinent for this preview of our third matchup with Houston. There's one stat that I want to highlight in this game, and that's that Houston had 23 shots and we had seven. I think that's probably the biggest difference in this game to me. And the fact that it seemed like the momentum was was on Houston's side for the majority of the game. Obviously, Diego Luna has come up so clutch for us in these last few weeks, finding goals here and there and uh, keeping us alive in this one for, you know, as long as we did. Um, but I, I think that's that's my biggest takeaway. And we'll talk a little bit later talking about the this the final game coming up in this series. My biggest takeaway from this game was the day and night difference between personnel and formation. If you remember right, in this this game against Houston, the first one, Pablo went with the same formation that he went with uh, against the Rapids and then was also done uh, at, at the end of the LA Galaxy game with the three in the back with Bodie Hidalgo, um, Brian Vera instead of Justin Glad, but Brian Vera was there and Brian Oviedo for a back three. And then you have Brody and Chang on the, the wings Ameka Anelli and Brian Ojeda as defensive midfielders. Diego Luna in his his spot at the 10. Um, and then Rubin and Severino up top. So a little bit of a different formation. I thought the midfield worked pretty well together. The defending looked okay. Um, as you mentioned, Cody, just a barrage of shots, unfortunately, on goal. Um, and, and Houston gets the win. Shall we talk about the game, though, from last night? I would absolutely love to, Ethan. Tell me all about it. I think everybody in the RSL fan base would absolutely love that. This game was on a Monday. 
there needs to be a pod trivia question out there of when the last time was the RSL played on a Monday. Because I mean, honestly, the RSL brass should be so upset with the league, just so furious. I get that you want to have games every night, whatever, but especially to go up against Monday Night Football as well, just horrible from the league. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, and I get it. You got to cram in games. You're playing three games in a series, but absolutely. I would be so upset. And then fans, you know, look, I hate RSL as much as the next guy, Whoa. but to be upset that the, that the, uh, PR staff is trying to do whatever they can to sell tickets or to resell tickets and fill seats. Like I'd be mad if they didn't do that. That's their job. They should be going out there trying to convince people to give their tickets away so that people can show up to the game and support the team. I'd be fear. I hate a Monday game. What a terrible, terrible thing that was. But tell me about the actual game on the field, Ethan, because that was much better. <laughs> when we're talking about the RSL games against Houston and you keep talking about how much you hate RSL, I kind of feel like we're joined by Alex Maurer, the, the Houston Dynamo fan. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I said we should have beat the Houston Dynamo in the game in Houston. I, I, I don't think this team is actually very good. Uh, and I don't hate RSL. It comes from a place of love, but it, it is a disappointment very often in my life, the way oh. that they treat me. You said you said you hate RSL as much as the next guy. I'm going to interpret that and say you hate RSL as much as the next RSL fan. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Cody. Yep. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. Goodness me. Well, this game was at home in Sandy um, at America First Field. Opportunity for RSL to level the series and send this to a game three Things started off pretty well. RSL was pressing, had a lot of opportunities going forward. Houston did not have many opportunities. Um, however, in the 28th minute, good old Justin Glad turned into good old Rustin Bad. <laughs> Come <Canada>. on. <laughs> That's who I mean Halloween, by the way. Really um, dug low for that one. Oh, man. That's ended tough. Up, ended up absolutely taking out a Houston player in the box. Uh, it was a really bad tackle, not even particularly close. And, Could you uh, believe he was complaining about that? Yeah, no. We've seen far too many mistakes, especially like these from Justin Glad this year. I mean, we, we could talk about it later. Personally, my two cents, I think this is probably the worst year for Justin Glad defending-wise since he has been a regular starter. Um, gives away the penalty, and uh, none other than Amin Bossy steps up to take the pen. I think he's like 80% of his goals this year or something have been penalties. So he converts the penalty. It's really unfortunate, though, because Zach McMath actually guesses the right way, dives to his right, um, the player's left, saves it, but it's the same thing as the last penalty he saved. He just sets it right in front of himself, bossy there to clean everything up and put the ball into an open net. I think that's the third time he's done that this year. Yeah. Which and is just unbelievable bad second, luck. Second penalty faced in a row that he did that as well. Um, and so Houston goes up 1-0, and everyone's kind of feeling like it was a little undeserved. Uh, later in the game, though, RSL, a second-half team by nature, and it showed through in this one. RSL gets a free kick in the 70th minute. Brian Vera and Jefferson Savarino both line up to take it. Vera fakes like he's going to take it, and then Savarino's the one who nails it up over the wall, past Steve Clark, into the net. Beautiful free kick. RSL ties this game 1-1. There were a lot of chances for RSL on the end of this game to try and win it. Houston just trying to waste time because they are the better team when it comes to penalties. And they got their wish. This game goes to penalties. In penalty kicks, Amin Bossi previously faced Zach McMath, the guy who steps up first for Houston, takes his penalty and shoots it straight down the middle. McMath stands his ground, saves it. And that would lead to an RSL run of goals. Um, every player for RSL converted theirs. I thought that they were all very good. Um Let's see the order here is uh, uh, Chicho. Chicho was the first one to step up to take it. I think that was another big issue with the last game. Chicho not playing at all last game. In this game, and I believe it was the 56th minute? 55th. 55th minute, Chicho Rongo comes into this game. Changes a lot of things for the team. Um, just a different threat. Gets his goal with a, a penalty. Um, RSL goes up 1-0 in the shootout. Houston scores theirs. Dami. Comes in in like the 93rd minute just to take penalties, and he puts his away. It was great to see Demir Krylock do that, especially in what might be potentially his last home game. Um, Demir Krylock converts. Houston gets theirs. Jefferson Savarino with a hard-driven shot to his left, goalkeeper's right. Griffin Dorsey converts his penalty. Brian Vera absolutely roofs his. A little scared that it was he was going to sky it, but he converts. 
Canones for Houston scores. And finally, Diego Luna steps up to be the fifth penalty kicker for RSL and converts with an absolutely hard driven shot to the goalkeeper's right, his left, wins this game for RSL in spectacular fashion, might I add. Just talking to Trevor Brady and uh, uh, of Wasatch Sentinel, Cody was there as well. Both of them wanted this game to end in penalties, and it did. But it also ended with happiness for RSL, which is not something we normally say about an RSL shootout. I want to get your guys' thoughts and opinions on this game. Um, does this mean that it is absolutely 100% game on for game three? Uh, I think that it is definitely because that is where Pablo Mastroeni makes his money is do or die underdog games. And I think this is certainly categorized as that. And back to your point of the penalty shootouts. Is this the first PK shootout we've won since 2009? Since 2009? is because we lost in Austin. We lost in KC, obviously. We lose in KC in an open, no, open cup. We beat Seattle. We beat Seattle. Beats, you're right. Duh. I was there for that. I remember that game. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember. It must be the first one. Yeah. I don't know. In a while. In a, in a while. I feel like Seattle might have been the first since 2009. I don't know. Regardless. How did I forget that? I was there. I'm sure there's a question. And I really baited some Seattle fans. And I felt <laughs> not even a little bit bad about it because they've had it too easy for too long. So did David. But I think we do have a legitimate shot in Houston. I think Chicho's going to be 90 minutes fit. And that is a massive, massive difference. Uh, Even if he can only go 60, that's still a huge difference over the 30 some odd minutes he played this week. And for that reason alone, I'm willing to say RSL are in serious contention. But what I mentioned about Pablo is that this is what he does best. He did this without his two best players in Chicho and Pablo Ruiz starting this match. And it was just grit and grind FC all the way through 97 97 minutes to be a strong playoff team you got to be killers on free kicks and set pieces and we were and i also felt like we had the better of the chances in this game you see 14 shots to houston seven only three on target but so many were inches away i'm thinking of the brian vera miss i'm thinking of the brian oviedo miss the carlos gomez miss Like there were a lot of really, really strong opportunities. And I think this could have looked a lot different had Justin Glad not gone to ground as early as he did and really put us behind the eight ball in this one. And so for that reason alone, I'm willing to say that we are going to be uh, in much better shape for Houston than the first time we played them in Texas. And I actually am going, you know, I don't want to bury the lead too much here, but I'm going to predict a win because this is just what Pablo Mastroeni does. He is an excellent man motivator. He loves to be the underdog and we are set up perfectly to go on that sort of run in this situation. And I really do think uh, that he's going to pull it off. And I hate to admit it because it's really annoying because I think this team should be much greater than the sum of its parts. You mentioned earlier, Ethan, some of the uh, deficiencies in Justin Glad's game. I think he has regressed immensely under Pablo Mastroeni, and I think that's a horrible mark against Pablo. But I can't, I'd be remiss if I didn't admit that he is really, really good in these situations, and he pushes a lot of the right buttons. Whether it's luck or not, I think at this point that debate is over. He's really good uh, in playoff, close, tight playoff games. And even though it just goes to penalties, uh, as Alexi Lalas is one to point out, penalties are not random. It is not luck. Like it is a skill. And RSL stepped up and roofed so many that I just have, uh, you know, really strong confidence that we could get in that position and do it again. I just, I'm not scared of Houston. I'm just not. Uh, I, I like a lot of what you said. I think I agree with most of it. I think uh, I wanted to touch on a couple points from from the game. I will say I still am very much scared of Houston. I think Houston still is a very good team, especially at home. They're unbeaten in eight or nine home games now. I believe nine after their last home victory against us. Um, but a, a couple of points that I wanted to touch on from the game. I feel like Justin Glad is taking the worst parts of Marcelo, and that is these heavy challenges that are late. Yeah, and. I can't for the life later in the game, we end up seeing Andrew Brody with almost the exact same positioning on a player and Andrew Brody has his own issues, but the way that he stops the ball coming in is not by going to ground. It's not by sliding. It's by tucking his arms behind his back and sticking his leg out in front of where he thinks the defender's going to kick it. And that's all Justin glad has to do in this position. Even if the person gets the ball into the box, you're not, you're not letting a goal in. You're not, you know, I mean, we saw where that play went to after advantage was played. It ended at the top of the box with a shot that I believe ended up being blocked. 
which then after that happened, it got called back for the advantage. So I don't know why Justin feels the need to go in as heavy as he does on this challenge. Like it's just not needed. I mean, if he gets a red card, if it's, it ends up being a penalty, but if it's a red card, you're still in in a terrible position at home, probably a worse position even. So that's, that's my, my gripe about Justin. Uh, I am thoroughly impressed by Diego Luna's confidence in this game. Not just his confidence on the field, but his confidence off the field. I asked him just a couple of questions uh, in post-game last night, and he was very confident in the way that he answers his questions. He knows what his goals are. He knows how he wants to perform, and I think that translates very well to how he's playing right now. Part of of the post-game interview, Pablo mentioned that he asked Diego, do you want to take the fourth PK or the fifth PK? And Diego said, I want to take the fifth PK. (laughs) He wanted to put himself into that situation. And when asked about that later in post game, he said, I had already envisioned myself in that situation. I already knew I was going to take that penalty and I was going to put it away to win it. And so I think right now it it seems like he just has that confidence about him. And I'm really excited to see that carry over into Houston. I'm sad that it's at the end of the season when it's hitting, but it is really fun to be able to watch that play out on the field. Uh, one of the things I've talked about before is Zach McMath not parrying the ball wide enough. I don't know if that's something you can hold a keeper to, but it is very frustrating, the fact that he saves a penalty and then it's scored again. And he even talked about this in postgame yesterday about how, you know, it's one of the things that, that you hate doing as a keeper is when you make that penalty it's save. The most just frustrating thing as a goalkeeper is what he said. Yeah, the most frustrating thing as a goalkeeper is when you make that save only to give them a free shot on, on goal afterwards. I don't know if there's a way he can improve this. I would hope that there is. It's so frustrating that's happened so much to him because it really takes away from how good those penalty saves are. Um, and then uh, kind of to your point, Alex, I love how difficult we made this game for Houston. I mean, it was a fight for Houston the whole way through. And obviously we ended up pulling the result out. And I think we could have won this in regular time. There was moments where we could have gone up 2-1. Um, and if we don't get that penalty, I mean, we could win this game 1-0. So anyway, I think we did show a lot of grit in this game. And to your point, Alex, Pablo is really great at that uh, with this team. Pablo did also say yesterday that uh, Chicho may not play 90 minutes uh, for the next game. He doesn't know what that's going to look like. He doesn't know if he's going to be starting and then possibly subbing off or coming in late. I have to imagine that's him coming in late again and seeing what you know the starters can do for 30, 40 minutes. And then maybe he comes on at halftime. Maybe he comes in 60 minutes. I don't know what that's going to look like, but he is going to have to be on the field and involved in this game. Yeah. So anyway, that that's my thoughts of, of this game. I think that sounds just about right. That Chicho is probably still a late sub and this might be an off season conversation. So Ethan, tell me if you just want to skip right past it. But as far as Justin glad goes, it's interesting to me because he's been benched in the past in playoff games In big games. He has found himself on the bench despite playing the vast majority of the regular season in this year. He has not had a partner in the way that he has in previous years. It has rotated from Marcelo to Vera. It's settled in with Vera now, but that was not the case even a month ago. And so he hasn't really had the chance to build up an opportunity to really grow some of these partnerships with someone next to him. And his wingbacks have been changing just as frequently, if not more. Andrew Brody has found himself on the right or the left. Emeka Nelly's played that spot. Bodie Hidalgo's been there. Is it Oviedo? Is it somebody else on the left? So what interests me going into this final game of the year is how do you fix it? So Justin Glad has been on the wrong side of a lot of really bad challenges this year, a red card in the first 30 seconds, a, a, a very potential red card in this one too. the challenge is two footed right into a guy's leg, a clear penalty uh, and others amongst that as well. So you've got until what is the game at? Uh, what day is Saturday. the game? Saturday. Saturday. You've got until Saturday to fix Justin glad. If you're Pablo Mastroeni, What's the answer? What do you do? Is he just is he just in his own head because it's a big game and he hasn't played in a lot of those? I don't know if that's the answer. Is it because he doesn't have a partnership and how can you fix that? Is it that he just got paid and now he's taking it easy? I mean, I know that's not the answer, but the guy's making a million bucks, so he can that was Joe Burrow can handle it. The the season. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know what is it. How do you fix it in a matter of days, Ethan? I think a lot of it's mental. I think most of it's probably mental. Um, it's just it's a late challenge. It's a, a mental breakdown. If you guys have seen the first two games, Anderson Julio has made two really bad late challenges on the goalkeeper to the point where, like, 
it almost doesn't even look like he's going for the ball. Maybe it wasn't on the goalkeeper this last game. I think it might have been on a defender, but just like really late challenges. Those are mental things. Like the challenges were so late that it's like you can absolutely avoid making that. I know you really want to get to the ball. You really want to make that tackle. You really want to get the ball back. But like, I think that it comes down to discipline, confidence, and like you said, kind of getting in your head. I think Justin is in his head a little bit. And I think that, to be fair to him, there's there's got to be a lot of pressure on him. He probably feels like, and maybe deservedly Is so, there a lot of pressure? Nobody's challenged his roster spot all season. Is that maybe what's happened? Is he's taken a step back because he got paid and there's nobody behind him challenging him for a roster spot? I don't think so. I think if you look at it the other way, he's arguably, I mean, in the past, I will say, in the past, he has been RSL's top defender. Maybe Sanz, Aaron Herrera. But... Justin Glad has been the guy and this year maybe he feels it even more because we've seen mistakes aplenty from Brian Vera um, Oviedo was shaky at the beginning of the season Brody has his moments as well and so maybe he feels a ton of pressure to kind of make up for that and and be the guy he kind of has been in the past but for some reason it's not working I think it just is in his own head and he needs to build up that confidence and get out of it and I think if I'm Pablo Mastroeni this week, I'm having conversations with Justin Glad to not knock it in your head, go out, play your own game, just be yourself. Um, and I, I think that's as much as you possibly can do. Um, the rest and that's Pablo's game. MO. That's yeah. like his strength. So you would hope that really shines through. Ethan, other, other, if you're looking ahead to this next game, what's I'm your not, biggest takeaway from this home match against Houston? What did you um, love? What did you hate? What did you? What would you keep? What would you change? I have a lot of takeaways. Uh, first of all, noting... Just a side note, Marcelo Silva was not available on the bench even for this game uh, for RSL. It was Kevon Lambert that would likely have probably slotted in as a center back. Um, for me, the biggest takeaway, I think, is is just the, the – Cody, you mentioned it. Diego Luna, man, he is, he is on fire. He's peaking right now. This is the best he's ever played at the highest level. Um and consistently, too, over the last several games, he's looked good. He's been scoring goals, been making plays, assists, controlling the ball. He's done pretty much. He was so close to getting that assist to Chicho, too. That yep. cross he had to Chicho's header was such a good pass. It was. It was. Um, Diego Luna, for me, is the biggest takeaway. I really like to section out these reviews kind of in like a defender, like look at the defenders, look at the midfield, look at the forwards. Um, so just a, a few notes on those <clears throat> before we move on. Um, Brody, I thought missed a couple of passes, missed some opportunities to take balls down. And for me, it, it was kind of speed based. And I think if a Mecca and Ellie's in the, that position, he takes the ball down. Now, Andrew Brody's been okay. Don't fix what is, is not necessarily broken, but like, I still, I still stand with a Mecca and Ellie at right back, man. And he would have gotten to some of these balls. I'm pretty confident he would have with his pace. Uh, Brian Vera. I don't know if you guys took a look at his passing in this game, but his passing was on point. He had a lot of very good pl- placed passes to players for RSL. Um, not a ton of giveaways. And so I thought it was a better game from Brian Vera, more of a mistake free game from him, which is, is always very good. Brian Oviedo solid. And we mentioned Zach McMath. I thought McMath had some great moments, including the penalty saves um, and played well enough to, to only hold Houston to one goal, which was the penalty. Um, other than that, it's a clean sheet for Zach McMath. After the game, he mentioned um, saving that, that second penalty from Amin Bossy. He said, well, I've been watching tape. My wife always says, well, why don't you just stand in the middle? And he said, well, that's a good idea. So he did that. He stood in the middle and saved the, the penalty. So there you have it. Uh, Zach McMath's wife to the rescue um, for, for him tonight or that night. Um, Diego Luna, just a beast. And Pablo Mastroeni has all-time confidence in him right now. Palacio. I thought this was maybe one of Palacio's best games of the season. Um, played pretty well defensively, had some good passes. Um, Brian Ojeda did his thing as well. Jefferson Sabrino, I kind of wanted him taken off the field uh, before he scored his goal. So I'm glad <laughs> that Pablo knows more about soccer than I do. So uh, good on Jefferson Sabrino for scoring that goal because we needed it. Also, for what it's worth, I think if he had taken that second free kick that was just barely outside the box instead of Ryan Vera, Maybe we do win this in regulation, as you mentioned, Cody. Um, and then Anderson Julio, I think, allowed us a lot of opportunities going forward, starting in this game with his speed. And Andres Gomez, too. I think they played pretty well to start off. And then Chicho and, and Dami coming in late were great replacements for both of them for penalties and to change this game for Chicho. 
Um, I will talk about Chicho kind of in the preview, but overall, amazing performance for the team. Do you guys have anything else you'd like to add on? I think you really nailed it there. I am... I'm not stunned. I was going to say I'm stunned because it was a home game that I was less confident about than the game on the road only because we've been historically bad at home this season. Uh, But I'm really happy to be moving on. It feels good. And as much as I want kind of overhaul changes at Real Salt Lake, because I don't know that we can hit our ceiling with some of the current trends. I'm happy. It feels good. Like I know it's coy that they say home playoff game. They're going to tout a home playoff win is like a milestone achievement in the off season, but it feels good. It was awesome. And it was really fun. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I talked to Ethan about this yesterday a little bit, just saying that if that's our last home game of the year, that was a great way to end it uh, at home. But I think, um, I think, one of the things that was talked about in post game, I know I keep referencing post game a lot. I think there was a lot of information that was given as far as players mentality. Pablo was very detailed in his post game uh, yesterday. One of the things that, that was talked about a few times was the fact that we've played Houston so many times this year. This was our fourth meeting with Houston, I believe. And uh, when you have that many games against the team, you start to learn f- five games, fifth game. I think so. Played them twice in the year for the regular season, and then we played them in uh, in in League's Cup. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, we so played we'll them in Open Cup as well, League's Cup and Open Cup, right? Oh, so six, so fifteen. Sorry, I was bad fifteen. <laughs> we played them in League's Cup group stages over and over and over again. I think it's fair to say they are the team that we have played the most this year. And sure, when when that was talked about in post game, it gives you it becomes a well-known enemy or well-known opponent. And uh, when that happens, I think this really boils down to the coaches because you start finding ways to find a crack in the other team while the other team's doing the same thing. Um, you've played each other so many times. You've made so many adjustments. This third game is where it comes to, uh, comes to a head. It comes, this is the culmination of all of these, you know, previous games. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this third game. I, this is obviously do or die. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, wasn't able to figure that out and vet how many times we played Houston. It's either five or six. I'm pretty confident that's the case. Um, real quick question before we go ahead and preview the the final Houston game. Um, I want to I'm going to ask you guys a tough question, and so be sure to look at the players that played or started this game um, because there were only two substitutions: Chicho Arango in the the 55th and the Dami in the 90th. Other than Diego Luna and Jefferson Savarino, who gets your game ball in this one? I guess I should take out Zach McMath too, because that's probably who it would be. But that's where I was going to go, man. You've really taken away real game changers. Brian Oviedo, maybe he was really close offensively a couple times. Uh, I don't know. It's not Palacio or Ojeda for me. Neither of them has really taken the reins like I thought one of them would when Pablo Ruiz went down. Still kind of waiting on who's going to show up and be the guy. But I don't know. I I want to say Andres Gomez or Brian Oviedo, but with so many options taken away, I find this, I find this very difficult. It's <laughs> probably, it's probably Oviedo for me. Okay. Cool. I, I like that. I think my answer to that would be Brian Vera. I know he skied that free kick, but I think defensively he was pretty solid in this game, especially given the fact that Justin had the mistake that he had. I'm sure when a defender makes a mistake like that, it probably rattles your confidence a little bit going forward, especially sitting on a yellow card after that. So I think, I think Brian Vera did a good job uh, defensively and, you know, obviously outside of the penalty, it's a clean sheet from open play. So, well, the rebound yeah. from the penalty. But I think defensively we did good in this game. Um, yeah. yeah. I think so, yeah. Brian Vera as well. I agree with you on that one. Um, preview for the Houston game. Finally, the final game of this uh, this Houston series, the final time that we will play Houston this year, will be played on November 11th, this Saturday at 4 p.m., a bit of an earlier game on the road in Houston. Man, oh man, this will be a very interesting game. We talked a little bit about Chicho Arango um, and his health. He came in in the 55th minute in this game, so got 35 minutes plus added time. Um, took a little bit of a knock in this game, which was a little scary at one point as well. Athletic trainers were out helping him. And so um, assuming that he didn't, t- didn't suffer any setbacks from that, personally, 
I think he starts this game and probably goes 60 to 70 minutes um, and then comes out for maybe Anderson Julio, which I think would be a great one-two punch right there um, in this game. Um, man, game-wise, I, I think you continue the formation. Um, as I mentioned, this the formation from this last game that we're talking about that we just finished uh, reviewing was a different formation from the first game. And I think it worked a lot better um, this last game. And so I think Pablo is going to continue to do that. He loves to do that. Expect to see the same formation. Boy, oh boy. My score prediction for this one. I know where Alex is going. Um, I'm Ethan, not... did you say just a second ago that uh, you want Chicho to start and have Anderson Julio come on for him? Yes. I think there's no way you can leave Chicho off the field at the end of the game if the game's tied. That's you fair. have to leave that as an option. That's fair. So maybe you just leave him on, see how the game goes. If Would you guys tied. say Chicho's our best penalty taker? Maybe outside of Dami? Uh, I'd say Dami. I don't think Dami's, a, I don't think Dami's Saba, our best penalty taker. Saba I think might Pablo have thinks Dami's pretty good, but... To be fair, we haven't seen Brian Bear take too many penalties. Like, I mean, we don't get any penalties this year, but man, he that's true. that one. Yeah, like, if he or Luna put the you know ensuing you know, penalty kicks in the same spot, it's unsavable. Yeah. It's literally yeah. unsavable. And sorry to, to interrupt you here, Ethan. How much of a benefit do you guys think it is the fact that we have not had any penalties this year? So teams cannot. So they yeah, they can't scout us. I thought about that. I like, thought about that. Uh, I think that does give us probably, some type of advantage. I mean, because. As we've mentioned, Justin Glad or Justin Glad. Wow, Zach McMath has saved three of the last ones he's faced. He just hasn't covered up the rebound. He's yeah. clearly got some homework done, and yeah. teams Ethan can't do that him. against us. So I, I, I did ask him that question. I asked, I said, "How much game tape have you been going through?" And then I noticed he had a little cheat sheet that he was referring to mm-hmm. in between penalties. How much did that help? Uh, what he did, and he said, "Well, there was plenty of of game tape to be able to watch from Houston taking penalties this year." And so you're right. I think. That, that definitely helps RSL at this point. It just didn't help RSL through the season, not getting any penalties, yep. but um, helps now. So I guess yep. all's well that ends well. Um, but yeah, I, hmm. so I'm actually, I, I don't want to do this because I really would like RSL to, to advance and win this game. And I definitely think they can, but Cody, I agree with you. I, I am, I am still a little scared of Houston. They are still a very good team. This midfield still scares me. Their defenders are great and their attackers are Corey Baird, which He's all right. Um, gonna go with a three-two in a high-scoring game. I think Houston wins this game in regulation. I hate that, Ethan, and so for that reason, I'm going to zig where you zag. I think Arsenal's gonna win. I truly do. This has Pablo Mastroeni grit and grind masterclass written all over it. Everything about this game was built for Pablo Mastroeni to go out there and win it and get a three-year contract extension. This is just <laughs> what the man does. This is how RSL operates. You over-exceed expectations by half a percent, and the status quo remains for the next 10 years. And I think that's going to happen again. I think he's going to go into Houston, sit back, counter when we need to, get the game 1-1, however that may happen, and win again on penalties. I really think it's going to happen that way. I think it's going to look extremely similar to the game we just played. I think lineups and formations really don't change at all. And I think he's going to do it. I think we're a better road team than we are a home team. Uh, and I think I think we're going to win. I really do. And then I think we're going to move on in the playoffs and probably lose two back-to-back to whomever we may play. Do we know who that would be? Yeah, I think it would it's be SKC. And so we would host. That would be cool. What the front office would do if we hosted a second round uh, playoff series, which awesome, whatever. I I think I think I think we're gonna win. I really do. I think I think we're gonna win, and I'm gonna book it. RSL wins on penalties, one one. Quick question for you, Alex. Do you think if we win and if we face SKC, do we beat SKC? Yeah, yeah, I think we do. Which takes us to uh, semifinals, right? Mm Hmm. Western Conference semis? The Western Conference final. Yeah, I mean that. Oh, wait, is it the Western Conference finals? Yeah, Western Conference finals. Okay, yeah. there's like a bajillion teams does in that playoffs, mean that so I assume we have a legitimate rounds. path there right now that looks doable. I mean, that's... No, no, because then we're going to lose in the Western Conference. <laughs> there's, there's no way we get beyond any team better than SKC. There's just no it way. It just takes one game to falter, man, and this is the, this is the game. I thought it took yeah, three games to it. falter now with the new format. <laughs> um, I think that's only in the first round. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, I thought it was the first two rounds. It is. Is it the first round? 
I think it's just the first round. Oh, yeah. Then no, we're going to make MLS Cup and Pablo's going to get a lifetime contract. (laughs) And I'm going to be stuck in this purgatory hell for the rest of my life. I guess purgatory (laughs) hell is kind of a paradox there, isn't it? But yeah, I really do think we're going to win this game. Well, I I like your optimism, Alex. I don't know if I feel as confident to go that way. Uh, I'm going to give a positive stat and a not positive stat. The positive stat is that Houston has not kept a clean sheet in the last five games they've had. Uh, the not positive one is that they are unbeaten in their last nine home games, which I know I said a little bit earlier, but um, I think they are probably going to win. I think RSL has a chance to to grind it out to a draw. I think if they do, it ends up being a 2-2 draw. And if they're going to win, it's going to have to go to penalties. My ultimate prediction, I think, is going to be a 3-1 loss uh, to Houston. But really and truly, I believe that this is going to come down to coaching. I think whichever team is more well drilled into this moment will will seize it and will win. And if Houston can prove that they can overcome the woes they experienced, you know, yesterday, then I think they will win. If they haven't, and they think, well, we're going into our stadium where we've, you know, won our last nine games at, this should be a lot, you know, fairly straightforward. I think they have a chance to get beat. So I'm excited for it. My my prediction is going to be a three one loss, but I want to be I want to be wrong. I want to be surprised. Um, while I have this on my mind, before we jump into our ones to watch, if RSL was to lose this game against Houston, will will you guys have considered this season a completely lost season um, due to the fact that that RSL was without Pablo Ruiz for the last half of the season, and then also with with no Chicho for the first game, Chicho kind of getting back to help through this series will it be kind of uh, like a lost series like a disappointment or will you've been proud the way the guys have fought the guys I, fought this year i think it'll certainly be a disappointment but i don't know that it will be a lost season i think we did learn a lot this year and again this feels like an off-season conversation diego luna came on too late andres gomez made an impact too late justin glad regressed over the entire year brian vera i still think is not the project he should be at center back i really think he is a left back could if you can keep Everson Savarino happy, I think that's a really big part of the offseason. And I think you understood that Anderson Julio by the end of the year is not the guy and he should not be making 800 or whatever thousand dollars he is making. So I think you did learn a lot. I don't know that you learned a lot of great things, but I think you did learn a lot about this roster. And you figured out just how important Pablo Ruiz is to not only this team, but to Pablo Mastroeni. I think his whole system... Uh, took five or six steps back as soon as he went down with an injury. So I don't think it's a total waste, uh, but I do think to be in very, very serious contention uh, at the midpoint of the season for multiple trophies and to walk away not really close to any of them, if you get bounced in this Houston game, that's got to feel like a disappointment. And I think there should be repercussions for a disappointment like that because the team was set up so well to compete in a lot of those uh, competitions and to come away with nothing It's the whole point. It's the reason you play. It's the reason that so many RSL fans are frustrated with the past 10 years at this club because mediocrity has been rewarded uh, with new contracts and accepted by a lot of people in powerful positions. And the only thing that matters in sports is winning trophies. I feel like that gets lost a lot in conversation. Sure, it is fun, but the only thing that people remember are the trophies at the end of the day. So if you come away with none, yeah, it's a disappointment. I, I agree 100%. It, it, it's not a total loss. No season's a total loss unless you're the, the New York Jets. Uh, <laughs> so, Like, tell me your favorite moment from RSL 2017 or 2015 or 2019. It's all the exact same season. Yep. You can't pick out moments from specific years unless you're Trey because everything blends together because it's the same season you've seen over and over and over again. Until you win something, there's nothing special. There's no favorite moment from 2020 or 2021 or 2019 because it's all the same. It's the same season. I think what what makes this season maybe even a little more disappointing is the amount of money that we've spent. Obviously, this is the biggest spending that we've we've had in a long time. And to not come away, to end the season in the same spot that we've been the previous years, that's that's a bigger disappointment to me. But we still have playoffs. We still might win a game. We do still have playoffs. I don't want to get too far ahead of us. And I think that you don't, always spend money that year expecting to win something that year so if these assets come together next year i I think that's probably the ideal solution but it is still disappointing to to be where we're at right now yeah keep in mind chicho kvon lambert handful of other guys brought in midway through this year and so um and we saw other guys brought in midway through last year 
and those guys can. And this team fully healthy was so much fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I wants to watch, man. I want you guys to go first because I got some guys in my mind. So I'll probably just take whoever you guys leave out. So, uh, Cody, if you want to take your first one to watch. Well, I have a feeling I'm going to steal someone's here. I'm going Diego Luna. He is. I knew you were going to do that. I think he's just, he's been so solid recently coming up with goals when he needs to looking for assists. Really. It feels like he is trying to just drive the ball towards the goal and score or give somebody else the chance to score. So, and I think that will probably happen uh, in this game. I think he'll either score or assist and, the amount of confidence that he has right now, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes another game winning penalty uh, in a shootout. Like I think he's there for it. And he, that's why he's my one to watch for this game. Oh. Justin glad it's gotta be biggest paid player on the roster outside of Saverino. And I don't think Chicho's going to start. So he is gotta be that guy. And I don't know that he's going to be, and I really hope he does, but I just have no idea. He's given me no confidence in him this year. And I don't think it is his fault. I think a lot of pieces around him have been worse than they were in the past. And so I think it is reasonable to expect a regression from a player like that who depends so much on the other people around him. But for this game in this moment, you've got to be strong defensively. And if we're going to be, it's going to start with him and so for that reason, he is my one to watch. I thought someone was like going to take my first option. I do like that as well. Good point. Sava? Um, Chicho? No, no, and no. Um, I was going to, just because I wanted to. Eric Holt? <laughs> I, if somebody took. <laughs> Luis my, Rivera from the Rafters. <laughs> absolutely not. If somebody took my first option, I was going to go with Brian Ojeda. Um, just because we need to see more of a spark from midfield. I feel like our midfield kind of disappears at times, and you forget that guys like Ojeda and Palacio even exist and play for this team um, because they don't get a lot of glory. So I wanted to see more sparks from them. No, I'm going to go with uh, Zach McCracked because uh, that's how he has been playing lately is, is absolutely like cracked. Um, let's, let's, not, let's not play around like he has. I mean, I honestly think like he has had some stretches in his career for RSL that he has played absolutely incredibly, but... The stretch of the last four games might be might be the best he's like ever played for RSL. I don't know. Um, I can't obviously remember another stretch that he's played. It, it well. feels absolutely right, Ethan. As a guy that's like, critiqued him all year, it feels like yeah. he's had a very strong last month. Yeah, like uh, the the Colorado Rapids game absolutely stood on his head. I'm trying to go back and. And in this game, he had one drop kick that was an absolute dime. It was kind of a Nick Romando sidewinder with the defender trying to actively get in his way. Awesome. Sprung a counterattack that ended with what should have been a goal. Uh, Andres Gomez had his heel kind of clipped, but it was awesome. Yeah. Despite uh, facing, I mean, Galaxy, they drew 2-2, but he faced uh, seven shots on goal, stopping uh, five of those. Um, and then playing well against the Rapids. Um, and then Houston, these last two games, I thought he's played pretty well um, and controlled a lot of things that have been in his control. Playing with a high amount of confidence, especially at that, after that PK shootout. I think the sky is the limit for Zach McMath right now. And so um, I think he's going to be absolutely vital. Uh, Houston is a hot team. They have been a good goal-scoring team, and they get a lot of shots off, generally, generally speaking. Um, hopefully our defense can limit them. But if not... We're really going to need Zach McMath to step up, and I think uh, I think he could be a big determining factor, and if we get the win or not. So, anything else to drop on the episode before we take off? I feel good. I got it all off my chest. Well, if this good. is our last game preview that we do this year, then uh, it's been an honor. Just <laughs> <laughs> I just gave a no, very think, emphatic salute. <laughs> I think. Um, I th- it is encouraging to me that if we're able to win this game, that there is a path to go further than just the first round or just the second round. Um, and to be honest with you, you're right, Alex, when you say Pablo is, is the coach for these situations. He's unfortunately the coach to play the underdog role and to go and, you know, grit and grind his way through some wins on the road and, and perform in the clutch when he needs to. So uh, I think they can do it. I would love to see them do it not holding my breath for it but i hope they do donate to the gofundme for for ld and amy love you guys and uh and royal riot as well 
that's it uh, for us. Let's go ahead and wrap everything up. Thank you, everybody who was out there listening. Thank you very much for listening to the episode today. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at W... Uh, not... not you're not, you're not typing in a URL for Twitter. You can find us at RSL Season Pass on Twitter, but if you are typing in a URL, it's www.rslseasonpass.com. Be sure to leave a pod trivia question in the pod trivia database for Alex. He would love that. He'd appreciate it. We would, too. Thank you, as well, to everybody who has left a, a rating or review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We very much appreciate that, and it helps us out. You can find Alex on Twitter. Sometimes, occasionally, at Alex Maurer. You can find Cody at the Kodiak One on Twitter, and you can find me at Ethan Kershaw Nine. Once again, thank you to everybody who has listened. We hope you thoroughly enjoy your week and weekend, and it will be an even better weekend if RSL can win. Be sure to tune in for that game, and we will talk to you all next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of RSL Season Pass. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review wherever you download your podcast. If you didn't enjoy the show, uh, please keep that to yourself. Be sure to check back next week for a new episode. Same time, same place.